Hey, it's the Baldy Bishops. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Alan. It's uh, different, it not being morning, huh? Yeah. Normally do this in the mornings. Yep, and it's diff- different uh, doing this with a 40-year-old as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cheers for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big step of faith, you know? Yeah. Turning 40. Just hanging around with my old friend all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just start loading my Zimmer frame in the back of your car, you know? Um, so we're in we're in gospel community. I don't know how to segue that. We're in uh, Galatians, this old letter, uh, two thousand years old, that still has a profound impact. Um, Galatians, something this letter massively helped me in two two thousand fifteen. Um, I, I was in, I was totally legalistic, man. Hypocrisy, judgmentalism, criticism. Gone through quite a lot twenty fourteen, and then I was just doing a lot of. Uh, reflecting on what I believe and I was preparing to study through Galatians I was going to preach Mm -hmm. Galatians in September started preparing for it in April um, which I'd never done before Uh, memorized the whole epistle uh, went verse by verse day Mm -hmm. after day one verse a day um, and then and then a bit deeper a bit deeper a bit deeper um, and just profoundly impacted my Christian life man Um, and I know it did that for others and Luther in the Reformation time was Mm -hmm. Was Galatians was one of the books that, yeah. and his commentary, his introduction to Galatians was mm. like the thing that, yeah, keep, kind of carved at the Reformation, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, had a massive impact in my life too. Galatians is one of those books that, when when I got excited about studying the Bible and looking, mm. taking God's word at face value, and not kind of um, reading other people's opinions in Galatians yeah. was one of the first books that I really journaled through and mm-hmm. gleaned as much as I could from. So it made a really big impact in my life. As yeah. Well. It's, it's beautiful and it's it's short as well which is helpful romans talks a lot about what galatians talks about but galatians makes it that one theme mm. is as yeah. um uh one of the, one of the themes in romans so mm. so galatians who, who are the galatians it's the people of asia minor that that we've actually been preaching about on sunday mornings in acts 13 to 14 people who've come to christ in churches that were started under paul's ministry uh, but now there's false teachers as we saw in acts 15 who are creeping in and they're teaching that the only way to truly be a follower of Jesus is to be circumcised. Mm. And then, of course, being circumcised means keeping the whole law of the Old Testament. So they're teaching that to, to truly be a follower, that you have to keep the law. Um, and they're also claiming that the way to have your the way you have your sins forgiven and the way to grow and mature as a Christian is by keeping the law. Mm. So our justification and our sanctification is at stake here when Paul writes Galatians. When I before 2015, I thought Galatians was a message that said we're saved by grace alone, and mm-hmm. it definitely says that. No but I in 2015, I realized it's sanctification mm-hmm. is a work of grace by faith as well, mm-hmm. not by adherence to mm-hmm. the law. So yeah, huge difference. That's really good, man. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's massive too. If if we if we believe that sanctification is a work of ours, um, it won't it will shipwreck us yeah, as believers. It yeah, because really you're not going to do it. And then as we were looking at in the Bearing Fruit series, you're just going to add on all sorts of other rubbish rules to your life, man-made traditions mm-hmm. as a as a means of attaining some form of standard of made-up godliness, essentially. Yeah. Um, so just, just to kind of get a, to land us a little bit, chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, um, 
Paul says, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. It's not more. It's not good news, actually. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. So this is a perversion of the gospel to say Mm -hmm. circumcision and going into the law. Mm -hmm. Um, ESV says distort the gospel. Distort the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chapter three. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. And here's where it got me. This is where it got me in 2015. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And of course, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, well, by the hearing of faith, yeah. Paul. Yeah. And then verse three, this is this is it. And are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Yeah. So adherence to yeah. all these laws and extra traditional rules that we add on. And of course, here, circumcision leading to the law. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stop acting like fools. <laughs> yeah. it's foolish he says uh, and bewitched you're bewitched to be led away from christ yeah, yeah. um we've begun in the spirit and paul's implying here that we then continue in the spirit um mm. by faith mm. um and then chapter 5 or 70 just more on this this problem he says you ran well who hindered you from obeying the truth this persuasion does not come from him who calls you this, so if it doesn't come from him where else does it come from you know yeah. what other source so, yeah. uh, from from sin, from humans, from flesh, from mm-hmm. from Satan. So what what Galatians is? It's four chapters, chapter one to chapter four, arguing <clears throat> with many different amazing arguments. Some a little bit more complicated than others. And what he's arguing for four chapters is number one, we're not saved by the law; we're saved by faith. Mm-hmm. And number two, we don't grow as Christians by keeping the law, but by walking in the Spirit. That's would, good. Yeah. Would you yeah. agree on that? Yeah, one? yeah. Gra- grace alone can uh, save us, and grace alone can sanctify us. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. it's the work of God, sanctification, just Absolutely. as justification is. Yeah. Um, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say it's, it's, and that's something that we don't often acknowledge or understand. Um, is that it's grace from start to finish. Yeah. It's not just grace in the beginning. So says. So says John Newton. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was grace that will oh, lead yeah. me home. Grace, will lead grace me home, is, yeah. what is it by, uh, I don't even have it with me, Like, but you know, grace has, grace that brought me safe thus far yeah. and grace will lead me home. Yeah. yeah. So we've been looking at gospel community. Gospel truth leads to gospel identity, leads to gospel practice, leads to gospel community. Paul spends four chapters looking at gospel truth. Um, and again, saying both of our justification and our sanctification are gracious works of God applied by the spirit that we receive by faith both justification and sanctification. Mm. Gracious works of God applied by the spirit that we receive by faith. Mm. Um, So we got some verses to, again, we don't want to teach the gospel community stuff without the gospel truth stuff. Because then we we can actually get into moralism, which is Mm. problematic. So gospel truth, first of all. So chapter two, verse 15 to 16. uh, You want to grab that? Sure, yeah. Uh, We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Right. Very basic. This is the this is the justification by faith section. Hmm. Um, chapter three, verse seven says, "Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham." Hmm. Um, and then verse 13 to 14, just beautiful truths about the gospel. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law mm. but by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham 
uh, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Mm -hmm. So we were the ones who deserved the curse. He took the curse that he might give us the blessing, mm -hmm. um, his blessing and Abraham's blessing. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's some gospel truths. It's only by what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's only by faith that we receive that. And, and that's that's gospel truth. And how can that not impact you? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So it's like finally, yeah. I'm I'm redeemed and I'm a receiver of the Holy Spirit by grace and yeah. grace alone, not based upon my own ability to perform. Amen. So if that's true, then man, that should that should move me. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it it reorients who we see ourselves as. It changes the perspective of our gospel identity, which yeah. is what we've been looking at in the gospel land stuff mm -hmm. uh, in the last in the last one but and all of these ones we've looked at so far that those are always about our um our, our identity because of the truth but we're going to get some more so so now we're in gospel identity and chapter 2 verse 20 if you want to get that one and yeah. bear in mind a lot of people use chapter 2 verse 20 as a and so now i want to live for jesus verse but that doesn't come until chapter 5 this is actually a positional truth verse this is an identity verse that my life is hidden in jesus mm. um so yeah go ahead I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right. So crucified with Christ, Christ living in me. Um, mm. Christ loves me. Christ gave himself for me. That's who I am. That's my mm. identity. Mm. And again, what we've been looking at is no one can take that away from me. That's yeah. that's settled and sure. Mm. Um, a certain fact, regardless of how bad my day's been, how good my day's been. Uh, how much of a mess I've made of today. Mm. This is this is my reality. And if that's not true, then who am I? Yeah, uh, yeah. We're, there's, <laughs> we're, there's no good news if that's not true. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so let's get uh, chapter 3, verse 26 to 29, which is beautiful gospel truth, but also kind of leading into the gospel community stuff as well. Mm -hmm. If you want to grab that. Yeah. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you as ha as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Right. I mean we could preach whole Man. sermons on each one of those verses. Definitely. Gloriously true. That's my identity, <clears throat> the identity of my brothers and sisters. I'm I'm one with Christ. Um, and I'm one with my brothers and sisters mm. through Christ as well. Mm. Um, I'm brought into equal equal um, level um, through Jesus Christ with them. Mm. So th then chapter 4, verse 6, Because you're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of a son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, Son of God. Um, and verse just 31 to grab, So then, brethren, we're not children of the bondwoman, but of the free, mm. children, of, ch children of freedom, children of liberty. That's um, beautiful. So that's, that's gospel truth, which leads to my gospel identity. And yeah. chapter one to four is full of those, both of those. Um, and what that's going to lead to then is gospel practice, which is what we see when we get to verse one of chapter five, where he says, therefore. So in light of all this doctrine, chapter one to four, beautiful doctrine, gospel uh, truths, um, therefore. So if you get chapter five, verse one, and then if you get verse six as well. Okay. Uh, verse 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And then uh, chapter 5, verse 6, 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Okay, so verse 1, how am I meant to practice the theology of verse 1 to 4, or chapter 1 to 4, by standing in standing firm in my freedom, mm-hmm. which is really, if you think about it, um, standing firm in freedom implies that there's going to be temptation to get away from my freedom, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what chapter 1 to 4 is, isn't it? Is this yeah. like, you know, this pull towards legalism, this pull towards self-justifying mm-hmm. um, by your own efforts or self-sanctification, and Paul doesn't say stand firm in like, you know, it's just, it's, it's just really interesting. He says, stand firm in your freedom. Mm. Stand firm in the liberty that Jesus has given you. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Don't, he said, don't allow yourself to be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Yeah. Don't let anyone rob you of your freedom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is what all this false teaching does, which is what um, traditions and extra biblical rules that are added on to Christians, that's all it does is it robs you of your slavery. Mm. Um, I love how the NIV says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm. Um, I think Jimmy Needham sings that. <laughs> mm. uh, it's really cool. So so my gospel practice is I'm going to stand firm in my freedom, but verse 6, faith that works itself in love, or faith that expresses itself through love. Mm. So if I truly have this freedom faith, I'll begin to work that out in how I, I love God yeah. and I love my neighbor. Mm. Um, and that'll be practice then. I'll be practicing what I believe. Yeah, so, so what, what I believe about the gospel will make an impact in my life. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. It, yeah, that's like, shoot anyway. <laughs> and, and the gospel's too big for that not to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's too too massive and it's too powerful of a thing for it not to make an impact in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, this is... Um, transformative information. Absolutely. <laughs> it's what it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so we then we get into gospel <coughs> community now, and it's how do we live out the truth of chapter 3, verse 28, that we're all one in Christ Jesus now. And again, like you just said, what we truly believe out about the gospel will come out in how we live, and it'll especially come out in how we treat our brothers and sisters. Mm. What we believe is not just what we say, but it's inseparably linked to what we do. Mm. Uh, so if I want to know what you believe, I just have to watch your life, mm-hmm. honestly. If I, like, what does Matt believe? I'll watch your life and I'll I'll come to know what you believe in some ways, you know? Yeah. Um, so we get to verse 13 to 15 of chapter 5, and we're, we're looking at this this one anothering. And uh, so I'll get, I'll get it. Verse 13 to 15 says, For you, brethren, brothers and sisters, have been called to liberty, but do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Mm. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by another. Mm. So what he's saying here is that Christian freedom is not about selfish freedom. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not about, well, I, I, I'm free to live for myself. That's not, that's actually, if you go to Romans 6, that's actually still slavery. <laughs> to live for yourself is still bondage. Yeah. Because um, you're still choosing to sin and be selfish, which is a form of slavery. Yeah, gospel gospel community never says, leave me alone, I'm all right. Mm. Or leave me alone to my own freedom. Mm. Mm. Never. Yeah, it's all about me. Like, yeah. so that, so you're, part of the gospel freedom is to free you from yourself right mm-hmm. um and that's verse 13 like this is not about you have an opportunity for the flesh now actually you're freed from the flesh yeah. um so we have we talked about it last night you have on one extreme legalism which is adding on the rules of the christian life or extra biblical rules or old testament rules in order to please god so that you mm-hmm. can merit favor from god in some way yeah. um 
So that's one that's one side of the extreme, right? Which Paul's been arguing about, chapter one to four. Yeah, which is the opposite of what we know our motivation should be. Our motivation mm. should be because of, not in order to. Yeah, yeah. But legalism is saying in order to. Yeah, that's yeah. Legalism is in order that God will love me, not because He loves me. Yeah, good stuff, yeah. man. Um, and you know, Romans seven deals really well with legalism. On the other side of the extre- extremities, we have license, which is. I'll do what I want. Mm. I, it's all about me. I serve myself. I fulfill my passions and desires. Mm. And that's Romans 6. You've been freed from that as well. Yeah. So you're you're actually called to, to the middle of all of that, mm. which is liberty. Um, so not legalism, not license, but in the middle is liberty. And it's, it's cool. It's like reading Romans 6. Paul's like, you're free from sin. Oh, so we don't do that anymore. And then in Romans 7, you're free from the law. Okay. And then they're like, well, what do we do then? Like, how do we live this life? If it's not lawlessness and it's not following the law, then what do we, what on earth do we do? And Paul calls it in Romans 7, a new, or Romans 6, he calls it newness of life. Mm. And Romans 7, he calls it a new way. So this is profoundly new information, um, which is Romans 8 and, and here in Galatians. Um, so Paul is saying that legalism is bad, but so is the other extreme of license. And if you allow the passions and desires of your flesh to rule you, that's actually the opposite of gospel freedom. Mm. Yeah, mm, Absolutely. And you talked about the base of operation or something like that, of the being the flesh. Yeah, yeah. So um, when, it, when it says an opportunity of the flesh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a word, uh, I think it was MacArthur who said that it was a word that referred to a base of operation for military mm-hmm. uh, personnel. So it was where they would start and go out from there. So right. base of operation. So it's saying yeah. don't let the flesh be that, mm-hmm. but let love be your base of operation. Man, so let it all come flowing out of love, yeah. not out of the flesh. Mm-hmm. So I have to start with the foundational motive of serving one another, which is true gospel freedom then. Um, Mm. So I said last night, we are set free from the requirements of the law so that we can fulfill the essence of the law. Mm, Because the essence of the the law is verse 14. You shall love your neighbor Mm. as yourself, right? So I'm set free from all the requirements so that I can fulfill its actual essence, um, which is really beautiful uh, realities. Absolutely. But we get to verse 15 where it says um, the opposite of all that, which is biting and devouring and consuming one another. Mm. And uh, we were talking about this on Tuesday and we came up with the, the, the territorial wolves of selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. So we become wolves, even so, though we're, we're meant to be lambs, yeah, yeah. but we become wolves. But, but you think about the context of, of wolves um, battling against one another, you know, for territory and things like that. You have one pack of wolves who claim a territory and another pack of wolves who claim a territory, territory and they're battling with one another, mm. one alpha male against another, yeah. trying to trying to dominate one another yeah. and killing one another in the process. And, and this is our natural flesh, uh, right? We're, we're always like this. We're like this in our husband-wife relationships, demanding, mm-hmm. um, this is mine, this is my time, this is what I want. We can be like this in church. <laughs> this is where I sit. You can see that, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. in every relationship. Um, so we brought up how last night, naturally we're selfish people, and so we see people in one of two ways. Mm-hmm. We either see them as opportunities to exploit to get what we want, so the reason I gravitate towards certain people is so I can exploit them yeah. to get what I want from them. Yeah. Whether yeah. that's like monetary or or just sort of affirmation or a laugh, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. just comfort from from that friendship. But they're no, they're not people I love. I love them because of what they can do for me. Mm-hmm. So I exploit mm-hmm. them, or they're obstacles to avoid in the way of what I want. Yeah. So they don't treat me well. They don't make me feel good about myself. They don't make me look cool. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I avoid these people because they. They take away my comfort. They take away my pleasure. They they annoy me. My, they take away my peace. 
So opportunities mm. to exploit or obstacles to avoid. And both of those sorry. are fleshly reactions. Yeah, yeah. That's flesh. And I, I man, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, me you too. Know? Yeah. Um, uh, definitely more the obstacle to avoid one, I think. Mm. <laughs> than, uh, I'm sure the opportunity to exploit one as well comes up in me a lot too. But mm. what God wants to do is he wants to rescue us from this selfishness. Um, and so Paul's teaching us that adherence to the law can't actually produce this type of love. Mm. Um, and adherence to the law is just like painting over mold. Like you were talking about that on Tuesday with me, but you paint over mold and it just comes back and you paint it over again and it just comes back and you mm. can keep painting all day long, but it's just going to keep coming back. You need to get rid of the mold and the law painting over the outward deeds can't actually get rid of the inward yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So the gospel creates a culture of mutual love and service but the flesh creates a culture of selfish demanding and using. Mm, mm. Um, and so it's when we're walking in the freedom that Jesus has given us that we're able to then, through love, serve one another. Man, it's it, and it's crazy, isn't it? So, sorry, we're in the gospel community stuff. And some, some people might think, oh, you're being unbalanced because how long have you been doing this gospel community series how long did you talk about gospel lands then gospel community mm. now you come back to the one another stuff mm. um it can it can come across as very unbalanced if if you're not paying careful attention but how many commands can you really spot in the new testament that are not connected to one another and one yeah, another to, to relationships there, there are very few mm-hmm. i'm not going to say there are none there mm-hmm. are some personal mm-hmm. ones but Almost every single command in the New Testament has to do with living in community with other people. Absolutely, man. Um, it's either loving God or loving neighbor. Mm-hmm. And the only way to, one of the ways to express my love for God is by obeying him and my loving my neighbor commandments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Jesus right, yeah. teaches that profoundly in, in Matthew to John, you know, in yeah. the Gospels, Jesus is constantly teaching this idea of like, loving God looks like loving your neighbor. It looks like being merciful and gracious yeah, and yeah. forgiving. So And washing feet. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, it's it's... If it's overbalanced, it's probably because it is in Scripture. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, it's, it's the emphasis that God places. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's verse 13 to 15. We're not going to serve ourselves. We're going to serve our brothers and sisters. We're not going to bite and devour and consume one another in selfishness. Um, now we get to verse 16 to 26, which is this idea of walking in the Spirit so that we don't do verse 26, which is being conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Mm. The interest in these these uh, Galatians, one another's of chapter five are actually in the negatives. Mm. Um, so the spirit, not the law, are not the flesh is how I live as a believer. Mm. I don't walk in license by the flesh. I don't walk in legalism by the law. I walk in the liberty uh, by the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's what I'm called to here. Uh, so he talks about walking in the spirit and so not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And we get to verse 22 to 23. The well-known verses. Um, you want to grab those for us? Yeah, mate. So verse 22. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So thinking about it, what do all these verses need in order for me to actually... I mean, apart from needing the Holy Spirit, what does it imply? Verse 22 to 23. I need people around me. Yeah. Yeah. I need people around me. Yeah, I need relationships. I need community. All of these words are about me living relationally with other human beings. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. It's not talking about loving my PlayStation. It's not talking about you know. It's yeah. It's love, joy, peace. It's it's long suffering. Kind of all these mm-hmm. things are re- requiring 
um, people around me. But what else does it imply? Not just people, but but what kind of people does this imply? Uh, spirit-filled people. Yeah. Or, or I'm not sure. <laughs> sorry, man. Um, you put me on the spot there. No, sorry. So what it requires of me, what it requ- what it implies is people who are going to b- pull this out of me. So what it implies is oh, I'm going to spend my life around people who are flawed. Yeah. Right? So I don't need to be patient with somebody who doesn't drive my patience. Yeah, because you can't exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in isolation. Yeah. So yeah. it's not in isolation, and it's not, like, you know, if, if like, the person I'm hanging out with today is just breezing and calm and chill, I don't have to be meek mm-hmm. at any point. I don't have to be gentle. I don't have to yeah, be yeah. patient if they're not being irritable, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it it implies community life and it implies community life with flawed people who offend me and irritate me mm-hmm. <laughs> naturally mm-hmm. offend me and irritate me whether that's intentionally or unintentionally which is what life is man yeah. like life is relationships with people who are difficult sometimes yeah. you know yeah. um so this, that's what this is implying implying gospel community yeah, so so, so life, life is messy but god can and will rise above the messiness yeah and through, want, through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking to someone today who was talking about someone very difficult in their life um, that they've only met a few times, but has been very obnoxious and prideful in how they've treated them. And we were praying with them, and we were praying like that God would make make that person a little bit more compassionate and gentle. But if He chose not to, that He would help our brother react mm. like these verses yeah. towards that person. Yeah, yeah. You know, that He would respond to ungentleness with gentleness, because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to produce. Mm. Mm. Um, so being filled with the Spirit, it's not about doing incredibly miraculous things like we've been reading about in the book of Acts. It's actually just about becoming more and more like Jesus in mm. our circumstances and in our relationships. That's really good. That's yeah. it, man. Yeah, and, and if I'm filled with the Spirit, that's going to be visible. Yeah. If I'm filled with the Spirit, people are going to see that in how, for, for one, how I react to so my attitude, uh, but then also how I actually treat people. Yeah. Whether or not I'm loving. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I, you know, I shared last night about before I got married, 10 years bachelor, <laughs> living on a flat, thinking I'm the most patient, selfless man alive um, because I'm living on an island, essentially. No, I did community life, but you know, I a lot of my time was spent on my own because I was living on my own yeah, yeah. and thinking I'm, I'm like the epitome of patience. I'm the mm. epitome of like generosity and <laughs> like yeah. not having my own way. And then Victoria invades my life um, and I realize I'm not actually like that at all. I'm extremely impatient. Flipped I'm remarkably selfish. Huh? Flipped everything on its head. Yeah, man. Mm. And and God allowed her to be a mirror in my life to expose me to mm. my lack of these things. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> it's community life. And it and, and Victoria will see, if I'm filled with the Spirit, she'll see in me all of these, verse, these things in verse 22 mm. to 23. If I'm not, then she'll see the opposite. Yeah, um, so the people who are close to us will see these things. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to fill me, then verse 26 is what's going to happen here, mm-hmm. which is being conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. So the word conceited can also be falsely proud, which is what legalism does, because I, I create standards that I, 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 instead of holding up God's standards, which mm-hmm. is that community life with one another, mm-hmm. I create my own standards, yeah. Yeah. and I'm really good at keeping those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm good at judging other people for not keeping... I'm good at looking down my nose at people. Yeah. That's what conceited is. I'm I'm brilliant and you're not because you're not doing the things that I think are godly. Mm. Um, and then I provoke and I envy. So I challenge or demand from you things that aren't actually even biblical, provoking you to, to irritability and things like that. 
and then also envying, which is this comparison lifestyle. Hmm. So my my life's no longer lived in in the freedom that Jesus has given me. It's lived in that bondage of comparison and standards that that are extra biblical, hmm. and that's what the flesh produces. Absolutely, yeah. Which which is which is like hopeless. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you think about living in the flesh and that being your natural disposition yeah. toward people. Yeah. And why would you, you'd want to be in isolation, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want to, like, why, yeah, you, you'd want to, you'd want to live on an island yeah. if that's the way you are and the way the people around yeah, you are. Yeah, that's you, the way everyone's you, treating yeah, you. Yeah, you'd want to be on an island. Mm-hmm. So the gospel creates a culture of generous patience and loving, joyful unity, whereas the flesh creates a culture of comparison and judgmental criticism, mm. which leads to nowhere good. Mm. Um, so if I could summarize it, in verse 13 to 15, it's instead of freely, joyfully giving myself away from you, I'm demanding something from you, and I'll destroy you to get it, mm. right? So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm biting and devouring and consuming because I'm demanding something from you, and I'll destroy you to get it. Mm. You know, whether that's destroying you with words or huffing against you, you're angry with you, you're destroying the relationship, because you won't give me the thing I want. Mm. So that's verse 13 to 15. The, um, what we're looking at here in verse 26 then is instead of generously, joyfully get, living in loving unity with you, I'm demanding something off you mm. and I will criticize you if you don't live up to that standard. Yeah. So I'm, I'm demanding something from you and I'm demanding something off you. Yeah. And that's, that's license is I live my life for me. So you better provide, you better meet that and give me what I want. Um, verse 26 is I, I, I'm, I'm full of legalism and I will demand you live up to certain standards that are not even in the Bible. And if you don't, I'll judge you, provoke you, look down at you. It's horrible, horrible way to live. Yeah, and according to Jesus, um, legalism, pe- people who are legalists, they don't, they can't even adhere to their own rules and their own laws. Mm. So they, they get this satisfaction out of imposing things on other people yeah, and right. watching them struggle to keep yeah. Those laws, yeah. but they themselves are not even capable of keeping them. Yeah, Jesus said the Pharisees. Yeah, it's very manipulative. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, and because you, you feel good about yourself because you can see other people's failures. Yeah. Um, so that I mean, we're only going to do Galatians five for today. But what we asked, um, we asked people last night to think about some people who were close to them. We asked people to think about people who were difficult in their life and people who knew them really well, and start asking like, what would these people see in me? Do these people see a, mm-hmm. a selfish demanding? Um, a devouring, a, a provoking, or an envying, or do they see me loving them and serving them? Do they see the fruit of the Spirit coming out of me? Um, that that's gospel community is when mm. I when I allow the Spirit to fill me, and I walk in the Spirit, not in the law and not in the flesh, mm. but I walk in the Spirit. And I'm, if everyone's doing that, um, then we have a beautiful gospel community of love and joy, um, which which is what Christ wants for His people. Mm. And, and the truth is, if you can do that with someone that you find difficult to be around, then you can surely do that with the people that you enjoy being around. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if, you can, if you can practice that experimentally through the Holy Spirit's aid yeah. on someone that you don't get on with, right? then how much is that going to enrich your life with everyone else as well? Man, so exercise then for the week. Think about someone in your life who is difficult to love, who you naturally avoid whether at church or at work or at home even, sadly, someone who's difficult in your life that you naturally avoid and begin to ask yourself these questions as as you think about that person. Am I avoiding them or am I moving towards them with love and service? Mm. Am I responding in the flesh to them 
or am I responding with verse 22 to 23 spirit-filled life to them? And yeah, that's that'll, that'll show you how much you're walking in the spirit or not. Yeah. It's good. God help us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you wish to get a hold of us, you can reach us at baldybishops at gmail.com. Or just check us out on Facebook and Instagram on Burton Baptist. Hey, do you want to go get an oatcake? Yeah, let's go up and leave.